InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, October 31st. So happy Halloween. You know, October's volatility might be considered sort of a trick or treat. More of a trick this Halloween than a treat so far. And we're at the last day, so I guess the treat was the last two days. Well, that's just the way it is. We talked about it in, a lot in August, September, about the volatility of October, so we should, no one should be surprised. We'll talk about it more. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making time for Invest Talk. And we have one clear objective here on the show, to help you grow and protect your investments. And of course, we welcome your call, your phone calls, and any questions as long as they're financial. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-99-CHART. GM reported profits, and they were good. They were very strong, mostly on revenue from sales of expensive trucks. That's where the, the profits were derived from. In fact, GM's revenue hit the tape at an increase of 6.5% year over year. That's very good. Long ways from being bankrupt in 2008, right? Remember that? They filed bankruptcy. All shareholders lost all their money in GM way back then, almost, almost all shareholders. Anyway. Uh, so GM, of course, surged in price today because of that. GE got an upgrade for UBS, but it didn't really help the stock much. Amazon and, Amazon and Netflix have been beaten down, but some experts believe that in spite of the tech route, Amazon and Netflix still have growth opportunities. So in the first hour of trading today, the market was off to a decent rally, and it got Bigger as the day went on and then fell back, still ended up nicely for the day. I mean, the Dow was up today 241 points, but it was up 400 or so at one point. But still, that's good. Now, what do we have coming up for the economy, for the market? Uh, we have the election coming up very shortly. Will the Republicans retain the House and the Senate? I think they will the Senate. We're not so sure about the House. What happens if we end up with a split government? What happens to the market? Will there be a sell-off because of that? We'll find out. We're only six days. I don't think there will, really, if it's split. I don't think there'll be a sell-off. What we'll have is a, a, a very non-functioning government. They won't be able to do much with, with, a, with, with a, a split. Uh, uh, Democrats holding the House as a majority and the Senate's holding the Senate. And the Republicans holding the Senate. So we'll see. Now, for many people, their single largest investment is their home. So what happens in the real estate market if something that, what's go, so what happens in real estate if something goes wrong in their lives? Because it is their financial future. So I found an interesting story about a prominent billionaire real estate investor who's offering his take on current real estate and markets on this investor is extremely famous for his acumen in real estate. So all kinds of real estate. So 
we're going to look at what he said and what he thinks. But before I talk about that, it's, it's, let's go ahead and take a call. You know our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Paul from South Carolina. My question is about Amazon. What do you think would be a good buying point and or do you think it could get down to the $1,000 range? I love your show and I look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Right, bye. Now, when, everybody, when anybody asks me what, what is a good buying point, I look at just basically one thing, and that would be the chart. But I also look at, as a secondary, AMZN, as a secondary, uh, 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 I don't know, I don't know what you want, a secondary effort, I look at the numbers, the fundamental numbers. I want to see if the stock is way overvalued, properly valued, undervalued. But I look at a chart for buying points. So everybody knows Amazon has fallen hard from what, 2,000 a share down to uh, 1,598. It bounced up uh, from yesterday's fall and it's falling pretty consistently all October like most of the uh, FANG stocks. You know, they fell sharply for uh, October. So another question is, is it done falling? Well, it's broken through the 20-day moving average, the 50-day moving average, the 100-day moving average, and the 200-day moving average. And it's still below the 200-day moving average. So I'm going to say I would not be, I, I don't think it's a buy point. I think it would have to at least break above the 200-day moving average, and that's $1,672. Right now it's $1,598. So what is that? Uh, 70, 74 points before... You really would say that uh, it you know, that I would say it could be a buy. I would look for a break up above the 200-day moving. Now, 200-day moving is the long-term move. It's a one-year average, and uh, it's considered bearish if it's a stock is below that number and bullish, you know, a, above it. And there's a there's there's really a lot more. There's the $1,500 area is a lot of lot of support. Okay, coming in at that around that area, so this is possible that this may be the time that you really need to get ready to buy this. Amazon on a fundamental basis, they're going to be twenty six dollars next twenty six dollars sixty seven cents next year per share. So is you know it's a fifteen hundred dollar, uh, fifteen hundred ninety eight dollar uh, stock, and you divide that by twenty six dollars and sixty seven cents. And you get a P.E. ratio of 60. Right now, it's like 90. 60. Is that cheap enough? That's not cheap by any means, by the way. That's not cheap. Uh, but for Amazon, it's the P.E. in the last five years never went below 91. So, relatively speaking, it's cheap for Amazon at this point. But their sales growth and earnings have to stay high like they are now to support a higher stock price. I think I wait before it breaks above the 200-day moving average. Right now, that's 1672. That's right, and it's at 1598 today before I'd be a buyer at this point. Okay, Amazon, A-M-Z-N. Okay, let's look at real estate trends. In Chicago, there's a high-profile billionaire, a man repeatedly worth Excess of $5 billion, and he's earned that money all through real estate. Sam Zell. Sam Zell has been around a long time, is a very famous real estate investor. Okay, he said that on the, he said that the problem with the housing is that prices have recovered, 
but the man has not. Okay, and by the way, we found this story on CNBC.com. The billionaire businessman has investments in all kinds of real estate, commercial real estate, energy real estate, manufacturing. Okay, but his this is his specialty, real estate. Here are three bullet points Zell highlights in regard to the dynamics of assessing real estate. Home, higher home prices and lower demand are a reflection of a changed housing market. The housing market is much less dependent on starter housing than historically has been the case. And three, millennials are delaying marriage, delaying the start of families, and postponing active saving, which affects demand for housing. So he's saying that the housing market has changed because millennials have been putting off, putting off, putting off, buying houses. Starting families. So that's the problem. He also says the market is less dependent on on starter housing than it has in the past. Now, home ownership, I, I don't know if you know this, but home, home ownership dropped to all time, uh, rose to an all time high at 70% in 2005 and then dropped to 63% in 2016. Now, recently, just, I don't know, a week or so ago, it went up to 64%. Uh, so, 64%. And the decline has mostly been significant in the younger people, 30 years old, compared to other generations. Now, also, of course, this is a reflection of affordability and location and timing. All those things mean something, but those are the facts. So, how will this turn out? With a huge group of people having enormous disposable income, it will require that the market finds a way to address their needs. What are their housing needs? I've noticed that younger people want to live in more urbanized areas. That's what I've noticed. They want to be where the action is, and they're postponing putting off families because you know they don't want to settle down yet. But will they settle down in a regular traditional house in the suburbs? I'm not so sure of that. Not sure. Now, just for your information, Justin, Justin Klein is experienced money manager, advisor. He's well-versed in real estate. He has a real estate license and understands the complexity. So I invite you to reach out to him. I'm pretty well-versed because I own properties for years and years. That's how my my information came to me about housing and rental properties. Uh, I, haven't, I sold all mine in 2004. I had six of them or so. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's a lot going on in the coming days for our loyal Best Talk listeners. Our exciting new Best Talk Academy begins tomorrow. First class, tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff. We're going to, it's all about learning. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Ever wonder whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this anytime at investtalk.com, you can quickly see just what you may be missing. Okay, the phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888 99Chart. 99 Charles, let's talk to Louise in Texas. How you doing, Louise? 
Hey, Steve. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you for the call. Hey, Steve. I got a question uh, regarding uh, company uh, ticker symbol APU. A is now, an apple. P is, is a... A A P U. It's uh, Amerigas. America, okay. Got it. Hey, um, so, okay, so the, the stock is in the tank right now. I'm looking to buy. Um, the ex-dividend date is coming up. It's November the 9th. It pays a high dividend of 10%. What are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, something is not good because it fell sharper the last couple of days, and it looks like, let's see, I'm trying to read the articles to find out why uh, that may have happened, and I don't see why. It's, it, I'm a little concerned. Why did it fall so, from $39 to $35.65, about 12 13% in two days? It's very, very fast. That tells me there's something going on, uh, Louis. And I, I would, Louis, I, I would wait. I would wait. The For everybody else, ex-dividend date means when they're going to announce their dividend. That's November 8th. And I would wait because something's right. It might, that dividend is probably going to get cut. I mean, based on just what I see in the chart, something's not wrong. And that something could be... Earnings aren't nearly as good as they should be, and they may not be able to maintain that dividend. And that doesn't mean you avoid it altogether, Louise. This might be a buying opportunity, but you got to wait. you got to see if the stock settles down, wait for it to turn sideways. I'd wait till after the ex-dividend date, see what they say, and if there's nothing too disturbing, this might be a great time to buy, a price to buy in the $35 range. But I'd wait. I'd be patient. I wouldn't be in a big rush. Okay? Okay. APU, everybody. Amerigas, Amerigas Partners is what it is. Engaged in retail propane distribution to 1,900 locations in the U.S. to 1.8 million people. So uh, there's no big rush here. Just take your time. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have a singular mission here. We've had it for quite some time. And that is, of course, to help you grow and protect your money, your investments. That's what we like to do. We start now by taking your questions. That's what we do. We want to answer questions. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24 7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888 99Chart. Today's talking point, or main talking point Bitcoin is anything but useful. No, that's according to former Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen. Anything but useful. She'll label Bitcoin a highly speculative asset and not a stable source of value. Hmm. So we're going to look into that. Also, after two days, a 673-point move up in the Dow is a correction over? We've been talking about that all week. Hmm. 
Let's see. Was was I, there was a there was a survey taken, and it's asked about what people were scared about financially. So, what scares people the most about their money? And I'm going to give you a list. And finally, something no one's been talking about recently, and something that should be talked about a lot, but no one really cares right now. And that is the debt, the debt bomb that chi the Chinese have funded in emerging markets. Now, we know about the, the undefined un un debt that Chinese have uh, on their own books that they well, actually don't carry it on the books, off their books by the cities and counties and municipalities, so the ma massive amount of debt they have. But we're not talking about the debt that the Chinese government lent to other poor countries in Asia. What's going on there? I, I think this could be the next crisis area, the next financial crisis area. We're going to talk about that. Those are the things we're going to talk about. But, of course, you come first. What is on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Uh, the market was up today. The Dow was up 241 points. The Dow, the Nasdaq, that was the Dow. The Nasdaq up 144, and the S&P up 29. And by being up the last two days, uh, there was no record set for the most down days in a month. We had to be one of these days had to be down, and this October would have been the most down days in a month. So, and that was by the way 17 days. So, didn't have that. Let's go to Abishi. Abishi in Sunnyvale. How you doing? What? I have a question. You got a question? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question for Carbon Black, CBLK. I think that's it. Yeah, there it is. Carbon Black Incorporated. Yes, uh, sir. It, it went down 52 weeks low, has 1585 today. I was hoping you can give me some advice on that. Okay, it's a fairly new company. The IPO just came out uh, in June or so uh, uh, this year, so it's a oh, not, it's just a very new company, and it doesn't make any money. It provides next generation endpoint security solutions in the U.S. and internationally markets. Um, it has sales, and the sales are growing pretty fast. About 30%, 35% a quarter for the last four quarters. But it, but it doesn't make any money. And what I don't buy stocks that don't make any money. And since it's brand new, uh, we don't know where the bottom is. You know, we, we don't know. It's going down. And I can't tell you there's no support because it's not long enough to tell me that this is where buyers come in. You don't see a support level. So it's almost, and it makes no money, so you can't evaluate it that way. So for me, it would not be a stock I would buy. It's just because it's too risky, way too risky. Good luck if you're buying it. Absolutely, thank you for the call. CBLK, Carbon Black Inc. It's very new. Um, and, you know, remember, after six months, when a company comes out, IPO, initial public offering, the first comes out, for six months, the insiders have to hold their shares. At six months, they get to sell, and they get to put the money in their pocket. So the insiders, you got to be very careful when it comes up on six months. Now, it looks like this came out in May. 
May, June, July, August, September, and October, six months. So it's very common for an IPO to be selling at less, it's low, be selling lower than its IPO price six months later. It's very common. So you gotta wait. You gotta you gotta wait. And I would wait to make sure it's making money before I consider buying. You know me. I, I like to buy companies that make money, and this one is not yet. Tomorrow, Invest Talk. Wages and salaries have jumped 3.1 percent, the highest level in a decade. Now, is this a sign that inflation could be brewing in the U.S. economy? Because we haven't seen any signs of inflation yet. That story is going to be tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your question now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Ycharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Ycharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Ycharts every day. Ycharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. Ycharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in Ycharts is not free. But Ycharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. Ycharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try Ycharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse Ycharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of Ycharts. And serious investors understand that Ycharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous Ycharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to Ycharts.com. Get serious, get Ycharts. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. It's coming up fast, and you can register now at investtalk.com. Steve's portfolio review appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Today's main talking point. Bitcoin is anything but useful. That's according to uh, former Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of doubts about cryptocurrencies here and whether they're around. And the, the problem is, is they're so new, no one knows what the value really is. How do you determine the value? of the cryptocurrency. How do you know it's worth $8,000 versus $100,000? What's the what's the 
basis? What's the backdrop for its value? What's the store of value? And, you know, think about this. What is the store of value for the dollar? So you have a dollar bill. It's a piece of paper with a one on it. What's the value? What's the value? It's just paper. The value is the strength of the economy and the government of the U.S., United States of America. That's where the value is, the strength of our economy. But what gold, the rarity of the metal, a store of value. Silver, rarity of that metal. What is the value of cryptocurrency since it's in the ether out there? How do you establish what it's worth? And I think this is where the traditionalists, the traditional economists like Janet Yellen, uh, you know, fall, fall short. They don't see how the, there's value there. They don't see how it can retain or maintain value. How does it stay at a certain price? How do you agree to what it's really worth? And then that's not even accounting the security issues of the cryptocurrency. Remember, how do you keep track of cryptocurrencies? You keep track of it because it was issued at a certain date and every transaction using that cryptocurrency is recorded and kept to know exactly where it is and where it has come from and where where it's been all this time. So what's to keep someone from what's to keep someone from hacking into that chain, that information chain, that data chain? And make more cryptocurrencies, make more bitcoins, make more. What's to stop them from doing that? You know, you have to have really good security. So there's lots of issues, and I don't think any any of these issues are going to be solved anytime soon. I think it's going to take a long time. And you know, one of the biggest complaints is is about from the traditionalists is it's decentralized. But the people who back cryptocurrency says that's one of its benefits. It's decentralized. It's not controlled by a printing press by a government. So it's a tough question. I do think cryptocurrency is here to stay. I don't know if it's always going to be just a small part of our system or is it going to get bigger. I don't know. And since I can't, I don't know and no one knows, I would stay away from them. Stay away from this asset. But you got to call it asset because it has value. It's just very difficult to determine what that value is. Interesting stuff going on. We get a wide variety of investing and financial questions on our Anytime Listener line. Here comes a question about buying a car. That's unusual. And this came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Uh, hey, Stephen Justin. How you doing? Ben from Pearl River, New York. Hey, uh, quick question. My wife and I are looking to buy a certified pre-owned car. Uh, it's right around $30,000. We have the ability to buy it for cash or, of course, finance it. Uh, we're not looking to lease at all. Uh, the financing looks like it's going to be 4 to 4.5%. So our question for you is, uh, given the interest rates, given, I guess, stock market volatility and the short-term and long-term forecast for the stock market, and then, of course, the general economy, if the cash purchase would not impact our daily life. I mean, $30,000 is an important amount of money, but it's not like we'd have to shop at a different grocery store. So we could do it, but obviously uh, if if it's better, if your advice is to finance it, we would do that. So uh, anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Excited about the launch of the university. Thanks a lot. Bye. 
Okay, great question. Um, generally speaking, you do not want to carry debt. Okay, think of it in terms of this way. If you have to finance it at 4.5% and you don't finance it at 4.5%, that's like making 4.5%. Since you don't have to finance it, you're going to pay cash. Now, that around 4.5% is fairly low. So it's fairly low. So the question is, what's the best use of that $30,000? Where can I put it to make 4.5%? Remember, you can make 4.5% guaranteed because you don't have to pay it. So where can I put it to make a guaranteed 4.5%? There's not hardly any place to do that, right? But if I invest in the stock market and it averages 10% a year, is that enough return to take the risk? And at this point, I would say probably not because the market's acting poorly. The other question I would have is, have you maxed out your 401ks, your IRAs? Because then, think about your tax bracket. Now, if you put money in those, you're taking, let's say you let's say you could put 15000 in your wife's 401k, 15000 in your 401k, or whatever. Okay. If you can put $30,000 away and you get to deduct that from your taxable income, what's your tax bracket? And if that takes you, you know, how much taxes are you paying on that money, on your, on your income that you can reduce by $30,000? You see the issues? But if you're already maxing out your 401k and your IRAs or whatever, then generally speaking, my answer would be pay cash in this environment. Only because it's not a very secure environment for the stock market at this point. That's what I would suggest. And I don't like you taking on debt. I don't like people taking on more debt. House debt is the only debt, you know, an asset that appreciates. A car depreciates. So I probably would suggest, without having all the other answers I need, uh, paying cash for the car. That's probably what I would suggest. Okay? Good question, though. I thought that was a very good question. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and, and of course, we're getting pretty excited about uh, our... Uh, Invest Talk um, Academy. That's the first classes. First online class begins tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I'm I'm ready for it. So we are we we are. Why are we starting this training? Why we realize that a good many of you want a greater degree of hands-on guidance than what we can do on Invest Talk Radio and podcasts, because we have to go through these questions pretty fast. We can only be on them two three answers, two three minutes, and we're really not answering as fully as we could or would like to. And we would really like to teach you because you're, you have enough interest you know, by your calls, we can tell, teach you how to determine whether this is a good time to buy or not a good time to buy or you know, good sector to be in or what is the chart saying or what does it mean by you know, gap earnings or what does it mean by return on assets? And the, you know, we, we only touch the surface on all these things on the radio. We think this would be a very good, very good uh, experience for you. We really do. It's called the Vest Talk Academy, and you can sign up for it by going to investtalkacademy.com. Okay? The phone lines are open, and we're taking your calls at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. 
And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all InvestTalk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP premium newsletter, InvestTalk webinars, and the new online training class, InvestTalk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, after the 673-point up move for the Dow here in the last two days of uh, October, do we do we believe that correction is over? Now, just to give you a little history, NASDAQ was down 10% at its most two days ago for the month of October. The last time the NASDAQ was down 10% was two years ago. <clears throat> that That's a long time, two years. And one of the reasons why the numbers were good today uh, for the Dow and for the other indexes is because Facebook was up, had upbeat earnings, and the whole market was oversold. So no one really knows if we hit the bottom yet. And also, this has been the worst worst month in seven years, bigger than February. So no one really knows. There's a lot of damage done technically. That means looking at charts. Um, technically, there's been a lot of damage done. Yeah, uh, and it's going to take a while. I think some of those, three out of those five stings, uh, FANG stocks are in bear market territory, down 20% or more. So, yeah, well, it's been pretty a pretty steep down move in a pretty short period of time, one month. And for some reason, I don't think we're done. And I, I say this because as I look at at certain certain things, especially in uh, in the volatility that we've seen, we've seen a pickup of volatility, but the volatility index never got above on a close 25. In February, we got above intraday it was way up it was about 40, 47 48 closed about 40 on two couple two three days back in February and here this volatility this time for this down market is only about 25 at its peak and that was two days ago what I'm telling you is volatility index measures fear and greed what investors are trying to by using index by using options and that's what the volatility tracks you can protect your portfolio so not enough i'm saying it's protecting their portfolios therefore the volatility index didn't spike therefore there's not a lot of fear also you would see it in the amount of trade volume being traded stock number of stocks being traded in a day normally spikes gets very high and we have what we call an exhaustive sell-off that gives us a pretty good signal that we're almost done with the correction. We've seen none of that. Yes, in, uh, yes, volume has increased, but there's been no spike, no panic. You don't see anybody running for the axis. And the, the, the sell-off is not broad-based. It's not the entire market. 
It's led by the by the fang stocks on the downward side. So it, it just a number of signals that are saying, uh, not yet. We're just not done yet. Now, doesn't have to be. It could be done. It could be. Because we had a nice 10% correction. So that could be done. That's considered a quote-unquote normal correction. It just doesn't feel like it to me because of the other things that we're watching. Okay? Let's see if we can squeeze in another question from our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Mike from Indiana. Love the show. I recently added a couple stocks to my watch list, specifically West Rock, Symbol, Whiskey, Romeo, Kilo, and International Paper, India, Papa. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on these two stocks or in similar industries or at least kind of a commodity-based stock. And they seem like they're, they're approaching a really good value. Obviously, I wouldn't want to catch the falling knife, as Steve might say, but I certainly am interested in them, and I'm just curious about your take. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's look at West Rock Company. It is a 10, almost $11 billion company. Manufactures corrugated and consumer packaging for the healthcare, personal care, food, beverage, and other industries. Big company. They make money. They make really good money. They're going to make $4.04 this year after making $2.62 last year. And the estimate is for $4.49 next year. And it's a $42 stock. That's going to push that PE down below 10. And that is a very good price. The stock has fallen from 66 back in February all the way down to 40 and has recouped one, two, three, four, five. About six days, it's moved up to 42.97, almost $43. Okay. This, I think it's, it looks like it may have found a bottom at $40. Okay. And the fundamentals are very, very good. The only way that this could get worse, that the stock could fall a lot harder, would be if we're going into a recession. Because this would be a very cyclical stock, because it makes packaged products. Packaged, so they package products, they get sold. Less selling happening, they would sell less products to the ultimate, uh, you know, manufacturer who doesn't need the products anymore. So, I would want to see it break above the 20-day moving average, which is 43.51, which is only what 54 cents away. I wait to close above the 20-day moving average. And then I'd be a buyer. It looks like it had a very good value, and it pays a 4.2% dividend, and it has great cash flow. It has the only it has a low return on equity, is that's a little bit of concern. But that's the only little concern I have on the stock. Western West Rock Corporation, WRK. Here's a quick reminder: the KPP Premium Newsletter is fresh every Friday. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. And I would love to have you do that. But for now, we've still got about 10 minutes left in the program. So let's talk about your finance and invest. And any investment questions you have, give me a call. 888-99-CHART. The next Invest Talk, 
Wages and salaries have jumped by 3.1%, the highest level in a decade. Is this a sign that inflation could be brewing in the U.S. economy? That story tomorrow. For now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Uh, hey, guys. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, I've called in a few times. You guys are always great about answering my and everyone else's questions. Quick question about an individual index fund, GCINX. That's Green Century I-N-X, G-C-I-N-X. My father is asking me about it since I often talk about investing from the stuff I hear on your podcast. Anyway, love to hear what you think about G-C-I-N-X. Is it a good time to buy now? And general thoughts on it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Now, we talked about this yesterday. I answered your email over the live airways here about this very same fund, and I think it's the exact same question from the same person. Green Century MSCI International Index uh, and I told, said yesterday that I didn't care for it. It's very small, $47 million in assets. Um, and it's 90, 89% in foreign holdings. And I just don't think it's wise to be offshore right now. And even though Morningstar feels that the management is, is very good, they're still underperforming their index and have been for going back to 2017. So, no, GCI and X, I think I'd find something better. Okay? Just what I think you should do. And just a reminder, everybody, this is the last day to sign up for uh, Vestalk Academy at the at the offering price of $49 a month. After today, it's going to go to $69 a month. So if you have interest, you want to lock in that $49 a month for as long as you want to be in the class. Uh, we're doing a class every 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 week, four classes a month, and you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it now, because it's definitely going up to sixty nine dollars from forty nine dollars. Okay, now, what scares people the most about their money? What what scares them the most? There was a survey taken, and I love these surveys. It just kind of gives you a quick glance at what people are thinking and what they're fearing. And this one was what scares people most about their finances, about their money. 23% said lack of emergency funds. Now, I've talked about that on the air before, that many people don't have any emergency fund at all. And I'm not understand why that's so. You don't have to be saving tons and tons of money to have an emergency fund. You just got to do it over time because the emergency fund is not used very often. It's only not supposed to be used in an emergency. So it can take you years to build that up, and now you have an emergency fund. What do you use? What this tells me is if you don't have an emergency fund, you're spending too much money. You're having too much Starbucks coffees. You're having too much whatever it is that you're spending. You, you need to make that a priority. 22% said... They don't have enough money to retire on. I can totally understand that. It's hard to even know how much money you need to retire on. Now, that makes sense. The emergency fund thing, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 20% fear being a victim of fraud. Well, I don't, you know, fraud is not that prevalent, but I can understand the fear of it, so I'm okay with that too. 19% said losing their job. Well, in this very strong jobs market, I'm surprised that that's that high, really. 
9% losing health care, 7% poor credit. So that's what the survey says. So it's the emergency fund question that I have trouble with because that's the easiest one to address. You can address that with just a little discipline. You can take care of that. You don't have to save a lot every month to put in an emergency fund. Just some. And I'm not sure why people don't do that. Especially if you're afraid of it. Always. And this is how much you should have. Between three and six months of your salary put aside for emergency fund. Three to six months. If you're self-employed, maybe a year. But if you have a good, solid job and a job that's stable, uh, you know, maybe you work for the government, then you can have a much less size of emergency fund. You still should have one, but you can have a less size because emergency fund could be used for if you're unemployed, you know, get fired or laid off all of a sudden. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I do appreciate it. For podcast listeners, you'll be learning more about my charts. That's the software that Justin and I use for serious data research, filtering, and charting. In fact, we use white charts almost every day. I want to thank you for listening, and have a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> have a good Halloween tonight, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.